Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 27 of the Flames Fancast. Today we'll be kicking off a season preview for you, looking at all the moves we've done in the offseason, analyzing our preseason, taking a guess at what we think the line combos will be and how we'll do in the uh, season as a whole, and a whole lot more. But Jenk, welcome back. How are you? Good, how are you? Oh, you know, fantastic, fantastic. Uh, I'm excited for the new season to start, and I know that that you are too, mm-hmm. and it's it's been a while since we've had hockey because you know last year we uh, we didn't make the playoffs. You know it'll be <laughs> nice for me to see a team that actually does well. All my other teams that I'm currently supporting are just shitting the bed in a spectacular way. So well, I hope the Flames don't do that. Yeah, yeah, it'll be nice to not have a team that sucks. So it'll be interesting to, to see to how back. this season shakes out because you know San Jose's. Made some moves in the offseason in our division, and who knows about Edmonton. Vancouver's not great. Arizona, well, mystery. But yeah, those L.A. teams and those California teams are always tough for us to play. But anyhow, I digress. Let's start with the uh, the Hamilton trade. Good, good riddance. Good riddance. I, uh, you know, I got a lot of flack from our listeners and my friends for basically saying that the guy is just not he was not good enough for us in in the sense that he wasn't the guy that we needed. He's a good player but he's not the guy that fit the system what the Flames needed. He yeah, it's just it's for the best. I I think like you know, we we gave up a guy uh you know that didn't want to play for us in Fox. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. And you know, like I don't really care about that, but um I think like it was a fair trade in general, and if anything, it may I think it may benefit us more than Carolina gets benefited out of um, out of Hamilton because Hamilton has a bad track record right now. If you look at his history for a guy that's supposed to be so good, he's on his third NHL team in six years, so that's not necessarily boding well for him. That resume doesn't look good to me. Um, I mean, that's kind of my thoughts on he, that. He was tied for first with goals for defensemen last year. Yeah, he had a good season last year. But I think, again, I go back to my point of he's not a bad player. I just don't think it's what the Flames needed. And, you know, like right now, the way we're seeing our defense play in the in the preseason so far, like I've seen leaps and bounds of improvement here uh, versus what was going on when we had Hamilton around. I just felt like he did not get the best out of the players on the ice uh, that were playing with him. I'm not sure it was the greatest move in terms of what you're getting back for what you're giving up. But I guess if you're factoring in everything in sense of dressing room chemistry and line chemistry and you know what fits in the locker room and how well these kind of players gel with each other, then maybe it works out. Yeah. Lindholm and Hannafin aren't a bad pair to get back that's for sure 22 23 and 21 respectively we got them on contracts now for the long term so hopefully these guys pan out but i mean if they're busts <laughs> we're we're suffering we're, we're suffering for a long long time i suppose but i mean at some point you need to take that risk and and then make that trade because what dougie was doing was not well this team is team this general. team is generally pretty young now i mean you got yeah. goudreau monahan hannafin kachuk lindholm uh, you got Dubé coming up. You got Valiamaki coming up. You got yeah. Parsons, Riddick, uh, Gillies. Yeah, 
and you also have like Shillington and Anderson. They're not they're not exactly. I mean, they're they're youngish. They're not old either. So I mean, it's you're right. It's a very young team now. Uh, we have. I'd like to know if we actually have one of the youngest teams in the league right now. I feel like we would. Um, well, we Smith's bringing it up. Yeah, we certainly have the <laughs> oldest stadium in the league, but we, we, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's in the end, like that trade needed to happen. I think that that was fair. I think Hannafin is so far. Lindholm's looked really good, especially in the last couple games in preseason. Lindholm scored a beauty. I just hope Hannafin has that chance to blossom and is given that responsibility and can really step up because. Gio's great, but how much longer has he got, right? Exactly. I don't, I don't know. He's definitely not getting any better. He's not getting any younger. And I'm assuming he'll play with Brody now. So that should rekindle what they used Thank to have. Thank God. I, I miss that. But I worry about our sixth pair, our, our, our third pairing too. But yeah. anyhow, we'll get to that later. The Hamilton trade, I'd say it's a bit of a wait and see for me. We gave up a big asset. Furland also left because we weren't going to re-sign Furland. He had a heck of a season last year. Does he repeat that in Carolina? I don't know. He probably will. But uh, wait and see. Wait and see. It's a wait and see because if these guys pan out, we've done really well. If they don't, we obviously haven't. And I mean, hey, who knows? You're always taking a shot in the dark with a trade, but what a splash. What a splash. James Neal. I, I love it so far. He's uh, fitting very well. Um, he, you could tell that he adds some character to the room too. Like guys, like I mean, even in the interviews, he's got he's got some swagger to him. Like he's got a he's got winning pedigree too. Absolutely. So this is a win-win-win. Like I know a bunch of Oilers fans are making fun of the contract that he signed, but you know, take a look at your own organization and then come back and talk to me because you guys have some world-class shit contracts. But with Neil. You know, you have to understand, we just, we essentially upgraded Brower to Neil. And so that's worth every single penny we're paying him, uh, even before he even stepped foot on the ice. 575,000 million yeah. pennies. <laughs> Tons of pennies. <laughs> uh, so I know, I know like the contract is still, it still seems big, but hey. This it is a bit big, but I mean, you, when you look at it, you're signing um, an elite free agent winger. That's what you're going to pay. Yeah, That's what you're going to pay on the free agent market. My concern is that last year, when the expansion draft happened, uh, Vegas looked at James Neal like everyone, even the league. He was the guy for Vegas. He is our guy. We got James Neal. He is our top line forward. He's, gonna, he's, he's our star, right? He was not that for Vegas. No. And whatever transpired that way, I'm just concerned about that. I worry that because he couldn't step up like that, where he's coming to Calgary and he has a he has expectation on him. Granted, he's not the guy. That's Goudreau. But you know, he didn't perform in the level that he was expected to perform in. He wasn't even close to being Vegas's top scorer. Uh, he got surpassed by those. Last year, who were basically nobodies who came in and yeah. shocked the Carlson and Marcia, so yeah. or whoever. Yeah. I just worry about that in the fact that that didn't happen for him. And I mean, if it did, we'd probably be paying a lot more for him. But to me, it just seems like it was a necessary risk, but I think the price might be a bit too high. I think, like, 
just don't forget though, like you're talking about a guy that was supposed to be carrying that Vegas team. He's being brought in with different circumstances in Calgary, as you said. So absolutely, I think I think you you can rest assured that there's less pressure on the guy to have this role in the team. He's got a more of a supporting slash be the big brother role right now. And I think he'll do much better with that. And I mean, too, it, let's say theoretically he does play on that top line. I don't know if it's really going to matter, but you've got three guys with left-handed shots on there. Uh, you got Monaghan, you got Goudreau, and you got I don't Neil, think right? it matters. Like, I hope not, but... When they're that we've, good. We've struggled for that kind of right winger with an actual that's right, fair. right shot. But when you're talking about Monaghan and Goudreau, like... I don't think it matters what hand they are. They're just so yeah, skilled everyone anyway. Everyone shoots left, basically. Well, yeah, you're probably right. Backland? He's left, isn't he? I think so. That means our entire second line's left, too. <laughs> Maybe Lindholm, Lindholm might shoot right. Maybe there's a Corsi stat Lindholm, here for you. I think you. Lindholm shoots right. I'm not sure. If we're totally wrong on this, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. I don't... But the left, right, left, right. Yeah. We took a big break. We know that. Um, but life happens, so we have to take the breaks. Um, yeah, so I think Neil Neil's going to do, I think he's going to do quite well. I think he's going to have maybe, you know, 60 points this year, 50, 60 points this year. I'd be very happy with that. I'd say 60, 60 is good. Yeah. But I, also 60 is a minimum. The, I guess, but like if he adds a lot more value in the bench and in the dressing room as well. Well, you're like, probably getting power play minutes. And you're, probably, getting, yeah. you're getting top two line minutes at a minimum. And the guy's experience, like the guy knows how to win. The guy knows he's been to the big show. Like he he exactly. knows what it takes. So I mean there's all those other tangibles you can't you can't quantify. Else. You mean those intangibles? Or the intangibles, sorry. <laughs> you can't i I'm a little hungover. We can't quantify <laughs> here. Just a little. Yeah. Hell of a party. Jank was at a wedding last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Jank I, also loves alcohol. When it flows, it flows. <laughs> ah, I think if you were to grade our moves, 1 to 10, 10 being absolute, we've shocked the league and we've pulled off a coup in every front, 1 being your uh, Peter Chirelli of the Edmonton Oilers. His name's Peter, right? No. Do you know? What the hell's his name? Uh... <laughs> Who's the Edmonton GM that's awful? I know it's Chirelli. I just don't know his first name. Does it really matter? Peter. What it is matters. First? It's Peter. Okay. It's I was Peter. right. One being your Peter Chirelli. Yeah. How do you grade the Flames' moves around the off season, um, particularly you know July first to the Hamilton trade? Well, I think there's two scales. So I okay, think okay, you two scale this one. Jim. No, no, like just because you brought up a good point. I think we did shock the league with all our moves. I think the league did talk about our moves from that perspective. So I'm not saying it means it's a good thing, but they did. We did shock the league. We we overhauled like half the team. That's fairly s- substantial, versus other teams that I'm looking at. Like yeah, some other teams made like one or two big acquisitions, but we we pretty much traded half our team. And we released some guys. We signed some new guys. Like it- let me let me say it like this then. I don't know. I don't no, but know. I, but Did we have like a rating, better offseason than yeah, Toronto? That's what I mean. So I, I think. Because Toronto got Tavares, that shocked yeah, the league, right? Yeah. So 
shock factor 10, but in terms of actual quality and like our acquisitions and I'd say right now before the season starts, it looks like it's about a seven. Like it looks pretty good so far to me. Our defense is looking a lot more dynamic on the, on the ice right now. Like I'm finally seeing Brody like charge up the ice. Like I used to, that's, that's the Brody that we all fell in love with. Um, Hannafin looks smart, coughing on the puck. Uh, you know, Lindholm looks pretty good. Last couple of games especially looked really good. Uh, you know, Niels looked great. Like, he scored that beauty on that breakaway where he kind of just nudged the backhand in. That was really nice. Um, you know, the, the only thing that I'm worried about is goal, goaltending. We'll get to that. But I think so far, so good. I, th- I think, for me, it's still it's like a five because you've got... With the only caveat that the deals they made, they seemed necessary. That being said, though, the risk and the reward is about the same. So it could blow up in our face or it could turn out in our favor. But that, to me, it's 50-50 at this point. Does yeah, Neil pan out? Early. 50-50. Yeah, it's too early to Do make these young guys work out for Hamilton? 50-50. Yeah. You gave up a bona fide elite-level NHL defenseman for someone who has the potential to be I wouldn't say Hannafin can quite be the level of, of Dougie, but one of notch skill. below. And Lindholm, we did need forward help. Lindholm's an upgrade over Furland. Lindholm's, an, I don't know if he's an upgrade over Brower. It's really close. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's like, close. Honestly, it's 5 out of 10. Honestly, buying out Brower not, should notch up that scale for you. That's it. That's that's separate like, though. That but, happened but that later took, on. I know, but that took balls to do. Like you know, a lot of people. And do I want to cover that later. But the the buyout of Brower was like we had to do that. It was one season too late. The guy's awful. Oh, for sure. He's awful. For sure. <laughs> He's terrible. Like, I hope now that we've created. And I I wanted to save this for later. But what I'm looking at with, for this preseason was that. Peters went in there with a blank slate and he had three names on the team sheet that were guaranteed top two line minutes. Kachuk, Monaghan, Goudreau. And then he's thinking the rest of the guys, those spaces are open. If Zarnik is tearing it up, that guy should be playing on the second line. Because, these, you know, if you're a player like that and you've played all your life, basically pretty much first line for these guys or second line, you can't just come into a club, play fourth line minutes in a checking line role, and then be expected to make an impact. Like we're, when, when we look at Mangiapane, you know why he's so successful? He needs those. He needs to be given a chance at a higher level, right? A guy like Froelich is bro- blocking his development. Froelich's done. He's our new Brower, you know? Froelich isn't really going to amount to anything much for us anymore. He had that one really nice season with the 3M line. Don't get me wrong, that was great. Way more than Brower ever contributed to this team. Way more. But... He just can't contribute like that anymore, and he becomes more of a liability than a, an asset. And when you look at these guys and say they've had a whale of a preseason, I, I really want to be the club that says you've earned your chance, there's your, there's your spot. And you take that opportunity and you run with it. I mean, the guy's no spring chicken either. Zarnik's 25. If he's playing well... Man, what the- but uh, he's young, but he's not like man. he's not like eighteen. He's not nineteen. Okay, he's not twenty. He's, what do you mean he's not a spring it's, it's chicken? Ti- he's the not time 40. is now. Like, you know what yeah. I didn't like about <laughs> Jankowski is that we wrapped that guy in cotton wool. 
before we put him in the NHL, he's not ready. He's not that, ready. That's he's, a good point. He's not ready. He's not ready. Well, how are these guys ever going to be ready? How many years do you have to play in the AHL before you're, you're right. ready? You're just going to become an AHL player if you just stay there. How you become an NHL player? You play in the NHL. You're given a chance. And a lot of it comes down to, to you and your performance. Can you hack it? Can you rise to the occasion? If this guy can, give him the shot. You've got, you know... That second line, if you're playing, if you're not playing Kachuk on the first line, which I don't think we will, because that would be moving him over to the right. He's the guy on the second line, Kachuk. I don't like having Backlund as a shoe in in that spot. I don't like it. If Lindholm's the center for that line, Lindholm's there, and then if someone like Zarnik can slot in, Bennett, whoever, even Derek Ryan, I don't think he'd surpass Backlund or Bennett at a center role, because I'm giving Bennett a lot of credit here, but he's been playing well. I would just like to see that happen. I, I, I don't want to see anyone getting a spot because of who they are or reputation or what they've done before or blah, 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 namely Froelich. But I, I really want to see... I want people to be afraid for their jobs, you know? They, they never know. They know every day they have to go out there and bust their balls every single game so that they can maintain that spot in the team. I think maybe we sent a message with... Brower being bought out, and the the waivers, Lazar, Kulak, and who was it, Peluso? Whoever the hell that is. Yep, but it was Peluso. I just segued into so many different topics we wanted to cover. Yeah, but, but I mean, you're making great points here. Like, I, I, do, I agree with you. I, I, was always, I was always a supporter of, um, you know, rewarding people for performances. And I was... I was probably repeating that over and over again last season, like over and over and over to the point where people were getting sick of hearing it. But I agree that the team needs to be run that way. In a business, that's the same thing. If if a, if an employee sucks, you fire him. That's what happens. Now, obviously, it's a little bit different in professional sports. You got five-year contracts that are $5 million a year or $6 million a year or whatever. You can't just do that. But... In the end, right now, we have a beautiful opportunity where, you know, the team is young enough that the standard at which that you put how performances get rewarded is at a clean slate now. Because you don't have those veteran guys that feel that they can get this ice time because they are X player or Y player. It doesn't matter. Now we have a lot more young players. So Geo. And like Neil, notwithstanding, and Smith, you know, the rest of these guys don't really have something that they can sit on their laurels on and be like, well, I deserve this ice time because I'm fucking, you know, Troy Brower. And I had such an amazing year in St. Louis and I, I was, I'm fucking God, right? Like there are players like, but we don't have as. Yeah, that's one way of putting well, it. Well, yeah. I know, but like we don't have like too many more veterans on there that are going to kind of disrupt what you're hoping for. Okay. Well, I don't. Who, who, who do we have? Neil is warranted to play on the team because of his skill. Sure, but I'm saying that he's not that Gio character. Is warranted to play because of his skill. Right, but I'm talking about like Brower and Stajan, for example. They're gone. Could, I know. Oh, but, I forgot. Oh, Stajan is gone too. Yeah. Oh, but what I'm trying to life tell you, is good. what I'm trying to tell you is that we always had this weird obligation to play these guys. Now we don't have that player that we need to play just because of who they are. But you know that Stajan's gone now. There's nothing left from Dion Phaneuf. Well, good. I mean, the, like I said, we should be banned from trading with Toronto. Like, the, Even if they have this 30-year-old GM 
Like, I'm sure that they're still going to just rape us on a trade, so we should never be allowed to trade with them again. Um, but anyway, like, I agree with your point, and I think, I think at this point in time, too, when we, we'll probably segue into that next topic, but, um, you know, guys like Dubé, who had an amazing showing. You know, and I just wanted to clarify what I said about Zarnik and his age. I didn't mean that he's old. I just meant that <laughs> he is, like, older than he should be, to be making it right. to the NHL team. Well, Gio's the same. Gio was Gio was not young when he broke into the NHL too. It's kind of like now or never. Give him a shot. You yeah. Know? Okay. I He's got you. He's twenty five. When not, you said no spring chicken, yeah, I was that, like, come that, on, I, man. That, I didn't mean. That. I didn't mean it like that. I just meant like. <laughs> like world. I'm man. hoping we're cycling younger guys in faster. For sure. Because here's an example. Okay. Yeah. No one knew shit about Shane Goss's beer before he played, and then he just came in and he lit it up. He was given that chance, right? Yeah. Philly just elevated him to the spot where he could play in the power play and have those opportunities. He took that opportunity and grasped it, and, and that's what turned him into the player he is today. It's not that, in, yes, intrinsically he's very skilled and he had that drive and motivation, but he took that opportunity and he seized it. Now, if we have a player like that in Cezarnik, he needs to have the opportunity. He He's never going to be able to seize anything playing fourth line. I have zero problem giving fourth line minutes to like Lomberg or Derek Ryan or whatever else kind of goon we want to throw out there to intimidate the other team or scare them or shut down, whatever. But a guy like Zarnik, who's, who's, who's a goal-scoring guy, who's had a successful preseason scoring goals, he needs to play on a line that's you know, expected to score, not one that's expected to check. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm getting at. Yeah, no, I, I gotcha. I had to just give you a hard time, but um, I think that's going to happen this year too. Like I, I'm seeing that from this club already. That you know the fact that they put Lazar, um, Peluso, well, and as, Kulak as on you waivers. Were saying, like, like even before we recorded, the Lazar thing was one year too long. Yeah, like that. Like that thing like, is just like I, I can go off about. What that, did we trade for him again? I we I don't second think, round pick or something. I don't think we really gave up much, but the point is that you have now Dubé who made such a good case to make this team during preseason. He played fantastic. He looked like a Goudreau, and when you have skilled guys like that, you cannot not have them on the team. Like you have to. Where's have Dubé to gonna play? In. Well, he'll probably get kind of moved around between third line and second line. Like, you can't put that guy on the fourth line. That's just a waste of time. Um, unless you're going to dedicate the fourth line to a quote-unquote development line where you kind of allow these high-performing AHL players or young players to play on that fourth line and then you give them some minutes every game instead of making it kind of that tough line that it classically is. Um, so maybe that might happen. I don't know, but I think he'll kind of meander between the third and second line, depending on what he does. But his vision and uh, his his hands are second to none. Like he's he looks great. I'm I'm making him sound like the second coming of Christ, but he's actually really good. Um, but what's more impressive about him is that even despite his size, he's kind of like Goudreau. He uses his size and turns it to an advantage on the ice. So he uses that speed, that nimbleness that he has, and he gets around guys and finds open spaces on the ice, and he knows how to read the game. Whereas you look at Spencer Fu, pretty much the same build, 
but guy can't play worth a shit because he he uses his size is exposed rather than used as an advantage. So I saw him get knocked off numerous times in preseason, numerous times. And even when he came up last season, he got knocked around a lot because he doesn't know how to use his size and adjust to this game, to the NHL game. He has the speed. He's got pretty much the same build as Dubé, but, and he might be bigger actually. But for the amount of times this guy gets knocked over, he hasn't adjusted the game to the point where he can be effective on the ice consistently. Whereas Dubé can. He already figured that out. It's just like Goodrow. Like, Goodrow is not a guy that people get intimidated with, but he knows how to play around that. Physically, you mean? Physically. He knows how to use his size as an advantage. So that, that's my big beef with uh, Fu. But, you know, Dubé will get his chance now. Well, and you, you look at our recruitment, if you will, and many years ago we signed that college prospect, Kenny Morrison, amounted to absolutely nothing. Same thing with Fu, came straight out of college. Zero, zero impact, basically. Well, so far. I, I mean, guess, I guess but... it's. I guess at the point you're you're saying, yeah, I've got these assets, and why not? But it just seems like our recruitment and our development is not good. Yeah, it's really not. And it, you know, we we have a, a few skilled players in the pipe now: Dubé, Valiamaki, Shillington, and you've got some skilled forwards: Mangiapane. Uh, Zarnik too, like guys that under the right circumstances and the right coaching could make it. Absolutely. They could make it. Well, what do you think about like, you know, Valimaki and like our defense? He's playing here, well, like- but, I'm, but you know, I just, what I'd like to do is let him play, let him play, right? What uh, the guy, he he didn't play in the AHL last year, did he? He played somewhere else. Valimaki? Yeah. He was in the dub, wasn't he? I think so, yeah, yeah, with Kelowna or something yeah. like that. So, well, it's a it's a bit of a bigger jump, isn't it, from the WHL? Absolutely. No, I sorry, I didn't mean that as a question. And I mean, it just I just look at our team and think, yeah, we're not gonna do that because we don't do that kind of thing. We're gonna we're gonna make sure this guy plays in the AHL or something before we. Move and he's him nineteen, up. right? So he's got. He's got a couple years to. Hannafin's twenty-one, and he was playing in the NHL two years yeah, ago. Yeah, but that's Carolina. <laughs> well, I mean, no, but we're not like, that far. No, from I know, Carolina but no, we're maybe not, but well, maybe not. Well, I I disagree now. I think our team is much better now, but I think if you look at our team for the last three four years, our defense has on paper been quite good. Yeah. So seeing, oh yeah. So well, what I'm what I'm saying is that with Val Mackey, for example, like. You know, he's 19. He's got a bit of a luxury to get a little bit more developed in the A because we do have good enough defense to, you know, we can hold it off for a little bit longer. Um, I mean, five but, spots are locked, right? Right. But but when the time is right, we have to pull the trigger. Because, so, why, you know, when I was watching him this preseason, he he looks like he can be way better than what he really was showing. But he looked almost not interested it was kind of weird. Either that might be his his character that he's very, you know, he's like he's like a very ho-hum guy. Like he, you know, he doesn't get super intense about this stuff. Maybe that's just his character build. But he didn't look um, like he was fighting for a chance. But yet he still played really well. It was kind of an interesting thing to watch with him. 
But he's very solid. I know he's a good player. I just I just don't think we'll put him in the team because he's we won't we don't view it like that and we might actually think there are guys ahead of him skill-wise. Shillington Anderson. But yeah, I don't know. We're just we're just not that kind of team to do that. But maybe we should be, you know? I think we should be. I think we should we should rush these guys a little more. And I know the antithesis of that is that we rush them too soon. Well, you're going you're gonna to have to play with the big boys sooner or later, and playing in the A for so long hasn't really worked well, out for us. You so bring we up should a good try point. something else. Right. So, like, exactly. Well, why not try some, Well, What's the worst that's going to happen? We lose the player. He taps out at a certain level of skill. Well, it's not like what, the, what we were doing before was working wonders either. Like, we lost players because we took too long to bring them up. So, like, at what point do you want to just try something different? Well, what's the worst that's going to happen? Right? I, I it's agree the same 100%. it'll be the same results as the last method. And the way we're the way we're nurturing these prospects and and uh fertilizing their growth, if you will, for so many uh, agricultural metaphors wow. going on here. Nice. That was, that was uh, so good. We're not using the correct mix of nitrogen, phosphorus, and okay, whatever the hell goes in fertilizer. It's just yeah. not working. We um yeah. Like, when was the last time we had a first pick that blew your socks off? Even Bennett. Like, everyone thought Bennett was yeah, going to tear so the league good. a new asshole, man. Yeah. New, next Gilmore. You know, Monaghan's good. He's solid. He's solid. But I don't think we're getting past solid with him. I mean, he's a, he's a great center. He's great. I'm, yeah. And I know we talk a lot about the injuries and the four surgeries and things like that, but he, he's still a good player. And oh, he, absolutely. Don't he can me. keep going. Uh, I'm more than happy, but I just don't think he'll ever be like we've, elite, elite. We've never right? really had like, and I'm and Goudreau aside. Goudreau was an anomaly where we just we just, we hit the jackpot, but we've never really you know coached and encouraged the first round pick to be that that world beater, that that linchpin of our team, uh, that our talisman, if you will. We haven't really had that. Our drafting is still not amazing. Honestly, our best draft picks came from when we had Feaster. Yep, still he, holding true. He did true. some good picking. And, well, Brad, hopefully you don't absolutely blow it, but I think he's on a short leash too, for living. Well, this is, I think, this, this maneuver. This shot is the last shot. Yeah, this maneuver this summer, all these maneuvers this summer is is the actions of a man that was given one se- one more season. Yeah. And that's it. It's a make or break now. He will be gone next season if we don't make the playoffs. That's I'm willing to bet a lot of money on that. Um, that's for sure. Bill Peters, however, will survive at least a season, I think, regardless of how it goes this year. Um, because I think, especially with our organization and its history, it, it does seem like we do give our coaches at least a couple years. But, I mean, we have been a revolving door recently. So I would say that the, uh, the culture in the club is trying to change that too. And this, this Peters seems like a... Like a reasonable, good coach who knows when to when to just yell at these guys, and he knows that he's not going to be there's there's no buddy buddy shit going on this time. Like he's not that character. You can tell. See, you kind of look at him, and you can feel like you never really know what he's going to say, and you never really know what he's thinking or feeling. I like that in a coach. Yeah, you're always on your toes. You're like, fuck. What do, I, what do I gotta do? Yeah, he's got that demeanor. If that if you fuck up on the ice, the first person you're looking at is him. 
going like, oh, fuck. And, just <laughs> and you're hoping he's not looking yeah. at you, right? You're <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. oh, my God. Yeah. Like that, that's kind of the, that's the aura I get from him. So he's kind of like that dad from Wonder Years, you know, like just you, you get you get worried <laughs> when, when he comes home. Like, have you watched that show? No. Okay, so the dad, like people who have watched the show know exactly what I'm talking about. So he's a scary fucking dad when he needs to be. And, he, and like I could see that in him. So there's no more of this buddy-buddy shit that, um, that's, uh, oh my God, Gullitson. Gullitson. I was going to call him Gully, but I held myself there. Um, Remember that time Gully threw his stick yeah. and then we, uh, he we, fell, we raided so his Gull- stick throw Gullitson, in front of the press? Gullitson fell into that trap. I think that's a big trap these days in the NHL where coaches believe that they need to be basically friends to these guys to get the best out of them. And again, I think there's a fine balance for that, but I have yet to see a coach find that balance. So don't try it unless you know it's going to work. Uh, you just got to be a dick. And I don't know if anyone's watched that Manchester City thing on Amazon, but I never thought Guardiola was an asshole till I watched that. In a trading video, he was. they were like one win away from winning the league, even though they won the league. They were basically going to win it. They were two months ahead of time or whatever it was. And... He stopped training because they were just dicking around, and then he started yelling at them, and he said to them, we're tired? Fuck you. And he started middle-fingering every single player, and he started yelling, fuck you, like six times to them. And there were many times, and there's many times in the dressing room, he was like, fucking hate me, but get out there and play for the fans. He's like, I don't fucking care what you think about me, but fucking hate me, but play better. Like the way that his demeanor on the on the field never showed that, but he he's a dick and he doesn't care about these guys to be their friends. So Bill Peters needs to do the same thing, and I think he does that. Um, Gullitson's gonna fail in life as a coach if he does that again. <laughs> you see what I did there? Wow, there's a damning indictment. <laughs> I hope he fails because he's in Edmonton now. Yeah. So he can be friends with everyone in Edmonton now as much as he likes. Yeah, and but, uh, that it's not going to work for him. But no, but as a coach, I'm saying not as a. I think you coach. have to know that you're you're a separate entity, right? Yeah, it's like uh, you you're the you're the teacher, and those are your students. You you just don't you're you have a professional relationship with them, but you just exactly. don't mix. You're not friends. Exactly. You're not friends. And and it's tempting to be friends, right? I'm sure there's yeah, you there's pro- some he good probably guys gets in there, on right? with them, and he probably wants to go have a beer with yeah. Gio every now and then and just shoot the breeze, right? Absolutely. You just can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't do that to one, and then you got to treat everyone the same, and you got to you, you pretty much got to hate them all because at the same point too, players are very transient, and you never know what your locker room is going to look like from one day to the next, especially in the NHL when trades can happen at any time. Absolutely. So you just have to be that guy who's making sure that after the game is done, we've got two points. That's your job, not to be friends. But the only thing that a coach should we'll ever see what he does. The only thing a coach should ever really do to his players is basically show by example that you will reward them for playing hard and playing the system right. That's the only thing that time, or that's the only time a coach should ever reach out to a player and be kind of like that buddy to him being like, listen, you may not like this system, but if you play the system and you play it hard and I see it, you will play more. You know, I have to think to that point when a coach says about you that, you know, your game, he's talking about your game after the game and he's like, 
yeah, you know, this guy, he played really hard and he worked his tail off. Well, I don't think he's actually saying anything good about you because he's not saying, wow, look at that amazing skill that beat the other team. Uh, He's telling things that, you know, you can control. You can control if you work hard. Every player should go out there and be giving 110% every game. I think that's a given, especially at the professional level. And if that's all your coach has to say about you after the game is, yeah, you played really hard and, you know, you, you did the small things and blah, 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 blah. I don't think it's that great. I want to be like, you know what he brings to our team? That, 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 that kind of skilled vision where he can make that pass that no one else makes. Oh, that's way better than saying you worked hard. Agreed. And totally. that's that's something either a skill that you've acquired and you've you've cultivated, you've worked on, and you've you've trained, you've practiced so that you can do that. Whereas you know anyone can really go out there and try their best on on anything. And if you if you're a hockey player and NHL player and you're not going out there, I mean, there's some games where you have an off game, right? And you're just like it just wasn't clicking, blah blah blah. By and large, if you're not doing that 75 out of the 82 games where you've, you've played 110%, I don't know what the hell is going on. Like, you got seven-game mulligans or whatever? Yeah. So, and I mean, I hope he... I, I like when he called out Eddie Lack in that Carolina interview, so... And, now, and the players know that, too. Yeah. Right? Well, if you're the worst in the NHL, <laughs> I know who's 60th. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, by Eddie. So, hopefully, I think, and I hope he installs a bit of ruthlessness where uh, mm-hmm. he, you're just not making the grade and take a hike. See you later. Yeah, we need it, that. It'll just be interesting to see now that, that Burke's gone too. So, now we know who's really running the show. Um, and, of course, there's all that off ice stuff going on Olympic bid, arena bid, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, anyhow, anything else you wanted to talk about about preseason? Neil Hamilton. No, I think Bill Peters, I, Troy I think Brower. We covered everything. I think China. Uh, the China thing is, I know what I. I have an issue with it, but I think it was more to, with the fact uh, that uh, I just didn't want to stay up that late to watch the games. But I'm, I'm glad we got ours out of the way early because Edmonton is going to Germany now. Yeah, it's kind of and the players I, I would not be play, wanting to go to Germany to play, you know, FC Cologne or whatever. Yeah, like the game, the game that the Flames had when they were back from China, like half the team couldn't play because they couldn't get over the jet lag or whatever it was, right? Yeah, so, I was actually against an NHL team. Exactly, not a not a German league team. Yeah, so I, I, I get what Bettman's doing. And you can't really knock the guy these days. Every, like every he's, sports he's league's done, doing that, right? Yeah, he's every done the right stuff. Every sports league's doing that. I hate admitting it, but he's done done what the Batman, owners wanted. Batman's done wonders for the league. He's a real, like, he's a loser. But he's done he's done wonders for the league. He has, yeah. He's just so unlikable. He is a very... He's just he's, like... He's got a very punchable face. He's, he's just, just so unlikable. Yeah. Just the way he has that nasally... Ow. Yeah. Like he's just. I'd yeah. like to welcome <laughs> the penguin. <laughs> like, yeah, like, he's oh, got that man. weird twitch going on too, and he's yeah. like talking, and he's just like. He just comes know, out, like, and everyone's like, "Boo!" Yeah. He just knows it too. He just embraces. He just smiles. It he's like, "Yeah, it's me." I'm you know, there are certain man. characters in sports where they have a very lovable face. They're very lovable athletes. Like they work hard for you. Like they could punt a baby, and they'll be fine. Like no, no one's gonna <laughs> fucking care about them, right? But. Like, Batman can kiss a baby, and everyone will just boo the shit out of him still. Like Batman kisses baby, baby has herpes. Yeah, something like that. Some bullshit comes out, right? So, I mean... Anyway, we're not here to talk about Batman, I guess, but... Um, yeah, preseason... Goaltending? Yeah, done. Um, 
Yeah. So. By the way, did you watch the Oilers game that was like streaming on Facebook for some uh, reason? I missed it. You're talking about yesterday's game? It was an Oilers feed, and they were just lambasting Smith. And it's like, whoa, the guy, you know, he gets injured too much and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, it's not like he goes out there to get injured on purpose. Well, anyone that supports the Oilers, I question their knowledge of the game. So <sighs> These I, I Oilers really commentators, like, it just made me, it just makes me physically nauseous. Just the, they're slowly them. becoming the cancer of this league. So I, I think, like, whatever they say, it just kind of goes in one ear out the other. Um, for, for, a, for guys like that to say that Smith... To nitpick Smith and say like he's he's getting injured too much and stuff like your goaltending situation has been horrible, worse than the Flames, and that says a lot because we've gone through six of them in the last like four years. But your goaltending situation's worse, so you have no right to say anything about Smith. Or you guys wish you had Smith. If you had the opportunity to pick up Smith right now, you totally would. So. Oh yeah, he's getting I mean, injured. In this like, season, one of Gillies and Riddick, they gotta, they gotta step up. Yeah, like we need you to step up. And I'm still hoping. I'm so hoping that Parsons is the guy. Like, let this guy be the real deal. Like, please. I please. think goaltending is is gonna be our wild card this year. I think, like, sure Smith has to stay healthy, but he needs to. Um, he needs to be consistent this year. Yeah, he um, was. He was. I mean, he, he was, was pretty, pretty good, good. Pretty good before he got injured. I think he he had the odd howler here with when he was controlling the no puck. No Hiller but, howler. No Ramo howler. Yeah, like they those were more. Yeah, like just stop doing that. But you he keeps doing it anyway, so you're not going to get that out of his system anymore. He likes to play the puck, um, but it may work better for this system that we have now. But I think like. Honestly, our defense looks good. Our forwards look good. The only thing we didn't change this year is the goaltending. And for proper reason, I just hope it stays well, consistent. Well, um, I think Bobrovsky is available next year, so maybe. I would to- I would love Bobrovsky. Yeah, maybe. A lot of teams will be bidding for his services. Yeah, though. pure speculation, though, if he doesn't stay in Columbus. But yeah. All right, so two two more things. I forget what the second was, but it'll come. Oh yes, okay. Here it is. Uh, whatever order you want to do it in, let's 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 take our guess at what the opening day line combos will be, including extra forward, extra D, and let's talk about where we finish in the Pacific. That's a loaded one. Do you want to start? Uh which one? I'll start with line combos. Okay. So I think. I think it'll be Smith, and then I think it'll be. I think it's Gillies, isn't it? Gillies. It's probably Gillies. Um, it's not. I don't think it's written in stone yet who the backup is. It's Gillies or Riddick. That's it's sure. one of the two. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna worry too much about the. You backup. know what? Geo Brody, Hamannick, Hannafin, Stone. And then it's going to be one of Shillington and Anderson. Okay. And then the other guy out is the odd man out. Value Mackie knocking on the door, I hope. I guess up front, you got to start with, it's probably going to be Goudreau, Monaghan, Neal, Kachuk, Backlund, Lindholm, Derek Ryan, Bennett. Jarnik, Sarnik, sorry. Derek Ryan, Bennett. Yeah, Jarnik. And then 
Jankowski. The cat is is Hathaway. He's he's still he's still around. Around, so he's probably gonna be alive for. And then and then Froelich. Yeah, Jankowski. Oh, Froelich's gonna be on the third line, so it's gonna be Derek Ryan, Sam Bennett, Froelich, and then it's gonna be Zarnik on the fourth line with Jankowski and Lomberg as the extra guy with what's his face, Hathaway. Yeah, I'm a. Uh... I'm going to be very anticlimactic here and just agree with you because I don't really see... The only thing I would disagree on, though, is I think Dubé will be in the opening day lineup. For who? Lomberg? I think... <clears throat> yeah, so I don't think Lomberg will be there. Too, um, many, too many centers, though, right? Dubé's yeah, I know, but I mean, Dubé's good enough to play pretty much anywhere up, up front, I think. like I don't think he needs to... He, he doesn't have to be a center. I think he's... Well, I mean, and who He's knows, so too, because Derek Ryan came from Carolina, right? Yeah, like, I don't know if Ryan will also... Who knows where Bill Peters wants to play him. Yeah, so the reason why I'm agreeing with most of what you're saying, though, is because Peters has the Carolina background, and it's hard to argue otherwise that Ryan will not start. Oh, Ryan is start. He's in the team, No, for I sure. understand, but, like, I'm saying that if it were up to me, I probably wouldn't have him there. I don't in think Calgary he's, or in general. Well, just in the opening lineup, I think he'd be a healthy scratch for me. Um, just, wow. Well, because like I don't, I don't really see anything in him that adds too much value. Like I know he had a few points in the in the preseason, but I think we have guys that are younger and and just as good or better in the in the farm that can take his place. So, um, I mean, and I think Zarnik deserves a little bit more ice time and he needs to be on a higher line than that but so, i digress so, too so it's not if, if it was you if you were the coach what would you do without thinking what we just said what we think the flames will do what would you do if it was me or you <laughs> or you um well for sure the first line wouldn't change um i think with the second line i would try keeping zarnik up there just because he had some really really good chemistry with kachuk and backland I would put um, Lindholm on the third line uh, and try to pair him up with, you know, uh, Jankowski and Froelich or, or with Bennett, sorry. I would put Froelich on the fourth line um, and I would bring I would bring Dubé in and I would try to kind of put him in between line three and line four, like just start him with line four at the beginning. But as the game goes on, give him the odd flash with line two or line three and see how it works out. Because I really want that kid to show this club that he is ready now to play now. The, the, the goals that he scored and the goals that he set up in preseason were NHL caliber. They weren't just like, oh, we're playing a weak team and whatever, like he scored a, a fluke. No, all those goals were class. And all those setups were class. So he needs to stay. He, it'd be a waste of time to put him in the A this year. Well... What a case. But time will tell. Time will tell. What about that seventh and sixth D-man? Yeah. I, so you have, what is it, Brody Giordano. I think Hammond it's between Valley Mackey, Shillington, Stone. and Anderson. You have Stone, Shillington. I think Shillington plays as Dalton pairing. Prout. Screw that. And then, uh, yeah, so I think Anderson is probably seven. And I think I would say Valley Mackey's eight. 
you know, like again, like he didn't look overly enthusiastic on the ice, but he was still really good. So I don't know. He's got the skill for sure. But and where do we finish? I think we make the playoffs. Hopefully we make the playoffs. <laughs> I can't I can't handle another bad team in my life. Um I would like to say with this team after even after okay, the so San Jose like I think I think we'll finish like 6th in the West. As in like 3rd in the Pacific or Yeah, so whatever I'm not going I'm first. not going by division, okay? I'm going purely by conference. I think we'll finish 6th in the conference by the end of it all. Like I don't think we'll just get in. I think we'll have this weird gap where we're doing so well and then we're going to lose like 10 in a row like we do every fucking year and then we're going to win like 10 in a row and then we're going to end up 6th or something like that. I could see that happening this year again. What do you think? I think it's going to be either 3rd or wild card if we really? make it. I'm hoping we make it. I really am. We got to make it. Yeah, my 6th place probably means wild card. So I mean, I think San Jose is looking pretty good for the division. Yeah. Vegas, I don't know. Are they going to repeat? I don't know. Edmonton, I don't know. Vancouver's shit. Arizona's shit. But you know, like San Jose is like this predatory. I mean, but L- LA and Anaheim, you know, I never know how well they're going to do. Well, I think Anaheim is now or close to pulling the trigger on rebuild mode. Um, LA is getting there. Uh, as LA well. is an aging team, and I mean, I just don't see. They are, they are talented, but. Yeah, they, it for could sure go they are. either way, right? It could go either way with these guys. It's true. Same with San Jose. They're not. Are they getting younger? Well, I don't that's think the so. thing. Like San Jose is, like they're almost laughable. Like they always do these things, and then they just suck in the playoffs. They'll make the playoffs, but they're gonna suck again. They got Carlson now. Yeah, but you know they also had like Thornton when he was awesome, and like they had. I don't know, know Thor- Marlo like, Thornton and Burns whatever, and Carlson. Like, I know, but it could leave a lot of holes if you're a smart burns. coach and you figure out how to exploit that kind of sure. But they've had burns too. Aggression, you can you can hurt them. But you could have made a case that San Jose should have made the final numerous years in the last ten years. Let's say I think I think we'll get ninety-seven points and we'll get in third of the wild card. Jesus, ninety-seven, eh? I think we'd be. We'll, we'll, I think we'll hit ninety at most. And I think wild card is our is our route. I'm I'm trying to set my expectations low on purpose here because like my all my teams suck right now. So I'm <laughs> I'm kind of jaded, but like I think wild card is the way for us. I'm hopeful that we just we get second in our div or something like that, and we finish pretty high. Yeah, maybe we won't get 97. Maybe we'll get less. Maybe 94. I'm gonna revise that to 94. Okay. Still a Those bit Those three high. points are pivotal. Well, <laughs> I was just trying to think what's the number to get into the playoffs, and it's got to be in the 90s. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, we start on Wednesday against Vancouver. Away. We got to win. <laughs> <laughs> we got to win. Why are we already like, feeling like it's Because these are the games well we have to win. Yeah, we gotta start on a we gotta start on a strong note. I'll just take a three-two overtime victory. Man, fuck that. We're not taking. You're not giving points to those douchebags. Like <sighs> we're winning three-two in regular time. Over, okay. In regulation. Well, win, I'll take three-two in regulation too. But 
let's hope for the best. Okay. Anything else? No, I'm good. Sorry for the long break. Uh, we just got busy and... You know, we also wanted to do something really comprehensive this time before the season started. So, you know, we were pretty active in the off season. So this was a good little break and good time to come back. We're here now. We're ready. We're to here go. now. And actually, a special shout out to uh, our recent Twitter follower who's been messaging me quite often now, and he's pretty pretty knowledgeable in the Flames, and I just really enjoy our conversations here uh, yeah he brought up a time. good point about uh, Goudreau which we'll discuss yeah. coming up soon not sure if his real name is Jack Petko but that's his Twitter handle so thank you for reaching out to us and yeah yeah we'll talk about that uh, that Goudreau point that he brought up yeah he has a really good one maybe when there's a little less to talk about after the preseason absolutely but yeah thanks everyone so much for listening I know that this um Definitely enriches our experience with the Flames and gives us a chance to interact with Flames fans and lets us share what we think. And we, we really enjoy doing it. And we're, we're thanking you a lot for listening, and we appreciate that. And anything you want to say, any feedback you have to give or things you might want us to discuss, you can reach out to us at Flames Fancast at Twitter. The same thing, uh, email is flamesfancast at gmail.com, which I haven't checked in about three months. So if someone's emailing... I've been, I've been checking. I'm, no, so no, Jenks checked. Okay, yeah. we're good. And yeah, so thanks so much. Go Flames, go. Let's get a win against Vancouver and uh, start the season off right. Okay, take care wherever you're listening from and however you're listening. Bye-bye.